Thanks so much for tuning into this episode of the show. This is the Brown Vegan Podcast. I'm Monique, and I enjoy interviewing guests about veganism, overall wellness, and vegan entrepreneurship. This is truly a lifestyle podcast. If you're enjoying the show, please take a moment and leave a review to help others find us. You can leave a review on Spotify, Apple Podcasts. Also, come hang out with me on YouTube. I'm Brown Vegan over there for recipes and vegan tips. And as always, you can get the show notes and everything we mentioned in this episode at brownvegan.com. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. There it is. Anna, thank you so much for being on the show. How are you feeling? I'm good. I'm good. Thank you so much for having me. Yes. So I get pitched often. Um, It's something that I'm grateful for, but also something that's kind of strange and is usually from a publicist or it's just like not the best pitch or... A lot of times I like to talk to people that I've already have some type of rapport with. So when you reached out and you sent me a DM and it was a voice memo, I was shook. I was like, this is good. This is good. You're like, this is who I am. This is what I would love to talk about. It was so natural. And I was like, okay, we have to get on a pre-call to see <laughs> how this Oh my is. God, I'm so excited. Yes. Yeah, I was just thinking like, well, if you're on a podcast, it's kind of hard to get the vibe over like email. And I was like, I'll send her an email, but I should send her like a little voice note too, just so she can see like, you know, what my vibe is like and what I sound like and everything. So yeah. Yes. I'm thrilled. Awesome. It was received well and not like <laughs> yes. too creepy or anything. No, it wasn't creepy at all. You're you're naturally good at it. Is this something that, do you do this often as far as pitching or it just has to feel right for you? Actually, this was the first time I had ever pitched. Oh, wow. Yeah, I know. I had never, I mean, I guess I pitch like brands to work with sometimes, but I'd never sent like a voice memo. I did kind of side story, but I used to be an influencer's assistant. And when I applied to their job. Like I knew that they were going to get a lot of applications. And, but this was even after the initial, like I had sent them, you know, you know, my resume and everything. But then once they got back to me and said that they were interested in an interview, I did, I did send them like a personalized video actually that was, Hey, you know, this is why I think I would be a great assistant. But I always just feel like if somebody's getting a lot of stuff, you do need to do something to do go the extra mile just to show them like at least that it's not just like plug the name in send plug the name in send you know truly yes because a lot of them feel like that and so it's just kind of like okay you know here's money this is the episode I like but then it'll be like a very generic (laughs) (laughs) and then a list of all of like the credentials for the person and I'm just like "Eh." I don't know. So it's just a lot easier for me to just meet people through social media and connect that way. So I yeah, really appreciate sure. that. And I'm mean, looking forward to just chatting it up with you, getting to know you more. So we're going to talk about this. Assi- what do you mean you're an influencer and assistant? Oh my you, gosh. You did that? Yeah. Tell me about that. Yeah. Um, okay. So my whole like, career backstory is a bit unique. I actually used to be an actor. Um, I wanted to be an actor since I was a kid, basically. And then 
I moved to LA and I was in this movie um, with Denzel Washington. It's called The Little Things. I actually massaged Denzel Washington's feet in that movie, which no matter oh, wow. what happens from here on out, that is like my greatest accomplishment. He was so nice. <laughs> I was so nervous. He was that so is nervous. random. <laughs> so random. Um, I was also in a movie, in a Netflix show with Colin Kaepernick, where I play like the younger version of Colin Kaepernick's mom. So yeah, very cool, all very all over the place. But then kind of, I was always really passionate about veganism. And I definitely started to feel like an acting like, oh, this isn't really something that aligns with me a ton. Uh, This was kind of a fun ride, but I'm not thinking, oh my God, I I wasn't really getting that kind of sense of fulfillment. I'd always been really passionate about veganism. And even when I was even when I first moved to New York, I actually, I worked in a restaurant for a little bit, but then I ended up working as like a private chef and I was really into Chloe Coscarelli and everything that she was doing. And I always was super passionate about that. So kind of post pandemic, I was really drawn to social media at the same time that kind of felt like the new form of whatever acting used to be. It kind of found, found, It kind of felt like that's where people were advertising now. That's where people were finding entertainment. I felt like also over the course, like budgets had gotten maybe not smaller, but there was just a mass amount of content being produced. The rules, it just was felt less special. Like doing a movie Mm -hmm. just didn't feel as special. It didn't feel as like, this is good. And this is something that I'm proud of. And overall, everything aside, it it just wasn't the vibe anymore. So I started my social media account in uh, August of 2021. And then from there, I thought, okay, I saw like a TikTok of this girl being like, oh, I'm an influencer's assistant. And I just thought, that's the coolest job. I need to have that job. And I was scouring the internet. It's actually not easy to find influencers, assistant jobs, or it wasn't at the time. And I finally saw a TikTok of um, this girl being like, oh, I'm looking for an assistant. And I applied and I got the job post sending them a video. I sent them like a two minute personalized video. It was two influencers looking for an assistant. They shoot a lot of stuff separately, but they also do a lot of stuff together. So they were looking for an assistant that was going to be both of their assistants who could do things for each of them and then do things for them together. So I got that job and that was around right at the time that I had started hosting or just made the decision to host group trips. The decision to host group trips came when I was in Guatemala. And then I decided I want to do a group trip here. And then from there, I got the job actually when I was still, or I applied for the job when I was still in Guatemala. And then I found out I got it when I got back. And then I worked with them as an, as their assistant for about six months before they had said, Hey, we actually want to make a course on becoming an influencer's assistant. Would you be interested in being in a partner in that? Oh, and then wow. that's when I moved into working on that course with them more seriously. And then we launched that in January of this year. So 2023. And then I had my first ever two group trips in February. So everything kind of happened all at the same time. So yeah, that's like my work history. 
Oh, wow. So when you were doing, when you were the influencer's assistant, what did that look like? Were you reaching out to helping them reach out to brands? Helping yeah. them? Yeah. Yes. So it's a little bit of everything. I would say about half my job was general admin work. So fielding any type of requests that came in, any type of either brands reaching out to them that came in, uh, as I'm sure you know, like a lot of them are either scams or don't have the budget or don't have the budget that they're looking for. So you kind of weed those out to begin with. And then overall campaign management. So we had like a Trello system where I would keep track of, you know, what brands we have shooting, what's due when and everything, because they, and a lot of influencers have other things going on as well. Of course, that's not like their only thing. So they also had a creative agency. They had a podcast. They I couldn't even keep track of everything. Wow. They both did modeling as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I kept track of all the campaigns when they were due. I edited videos for them. I managed their schedules. I would make like shot lists. So if they were shooting, they would. I would both know the campaigns that we wanted to shoot and then just make sure they had the brief of everything that was going on. So like, let's say it's five pictures, two videos. If it was... For example, the brand had said it's specifically like a nighttime hair thing. We want her to go to the store, buy the thing, come back, put the hair mask in and go to sleep. I would make sure they knew that and knew that in advance. And all of that was on the shot list. And we were also prioritizing the things that were due sooner. And then editing and everything, paying parking tickets. Yeah. So you know how all of this works. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Yeah, all the behind the scenes. <laughs> yeah. What made you decide to become a vegetarian at 14? Because when I think about my life at 14, it was not <laughs> anything about <laughs> vegetables or eating well. So what, what were your plans? Not your plans, but what made you make that decision? Yeah, yeah. So I kind of, as a lot of people's stories start, I'm not, I wouldn't say a lot in this per specific way, but I just had pet chickens. So it started to just freak me out more and more. And I really kind of just started to get turned off to the fact that that it was the same chicken as like a chicken on my plate. And from there, just kind of hyper aware of like, because I think there is something that clicks of this cow as this is the same as this burger on my plate. And that I think it sometimes is really far away. It's kind of, you get it, but you don't fully get it. And it really just started to turn me off a lot. And then at the same time, it was kind of the age of Facebook. And I started seeing, like, I started Googling some things and I started seeing like PETA videos coming up on my page about how just brutal the industry was. And it was definitely a slow process. I ended up, what I did was give up meat for Lent because when I was trying to just go vegetarian for the rest of my life, it was too overwhelming a prospect for me. But then once I gave it up for Lent and just had the idea in my head that this was going to be a temporary thing, then I kind of got out of it and never really needed to pick it up again. I was just, oh, now it's fine. Now it's just kind of the hump of getting used to it and finding meals that you like. And yeah. Wow. Yeah. So when you, because I know you said you didn't grow up. Well, you 
you were born in Germany or were you born in America? You were born in America, but moved to Germany, right? Yeah, I was born in America. And then I did third grade and part of fourth grade in Germany and then moved to New Jersey. But I also went to a German school as well as an American school. So I have both my high school degrees. And my parents are like super German. Like they're, <laughs> my house is German. <laughs> what does that mean, super German? Oh my gosh, if we were, t- if, if I were to leave, like I could get away with maybe a lot of stuff when I was a kid, but not leaving the lights on or something like that would be the end of the world. Anything that like super black too. <laughs> really? really? <laughs> or like if I were to boil water and then throw, use some of it and throw the rest of it out and not water the plants with the rest of it, that would be the end of the world. My dad would take a tea bag open it, like pour the tea particles into the compost, like throw the string in the garbage and then put the little label of the tea in the recycling. The food is super German. Like my mom's comfort meal is like a slice of bread that's so seedy and like healthy that I'm like, how is that even bread? And just like a slice of cheese or something. Yeah, I'm like, it's like... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Even it's what I think is so ironic is the word dinner in German, Abendbrot, literally translates to night bread because that's just what they eat. Mm. <laughs> wow. Yeah. So when you became a vegetarian at 14, when did, yeah. you, when did you decide to become a vegan? How old were I, you then? I think I was 23 when I went decided to go vegan. Yeah, 20, 22, 23. Okay. And what did that look like as far as the transition? Because I was also a vegetarian before I became a vegan. So it's different. It's, I think we yeah. have like a, an advantage in that way when you're yeah. a vegetarian first because it helps you to kind of navigate that. But vegan is still a lot different from being a vegetarian. So what did that transition look like for you? Yeah, for sure. So I watched, you know, I, I had no idea, I think at the time, anything about the dairy industry, anything about the egg industry. I really didn't think at the time that there was anything wrong with eating those things. And then I had no idea the environmental impacts. I had no idea, you know, any of the health, anything. And then I had kind of watched the classic documentaries like Cowspiracy. I think what the health had just come out. And from there, it was pretty much an obvious decision because I had been kind of touting myself as an environmentalist, playing a little bit with zero waste and reducing my plastic. And I was like, okay, it makes literally no sense for, I live in New York, so I'm like lugging these giant glass mason jars to the grocery store. It makes no sense for me to do that and then just go home and eat animal products. Mm -hmm. So it was really easy because I kind of knew at that point that it was what was going to happen. And also I was really lucky to live in New York City. And I think it was a lot more normalized then. It was like a lot more normal at the time I went vegan. It wasn't like when I went vegetarian and it was like kind of this really foreign concept that I was learning how to eat all over again. It was more, oh, there's a I'm just going to try a bunch of new restaurants. And I remember at the time I'd already had a trip to go visit my family in France. My parents were living in Germany at the time and I was going to go meet them in France. And 
that was a week from then. And I was like, I'm not going to surprise them in France and tell them that I'm vegan. So the second I just already knew, I was like, the second I get back from that trip, I'm never eating. I'm just going to be vegan. And that's kind of exactly what happened. I had three weeks to sort of mentally prepare. And then I was back and uh, yeah, but I was really lucky at the time. There were just so many incredible vegan restaurants, vegan options at restaurants that it was kind of more exciting and trying a bunch of new things. So I was really lucky yes. in that regard. Yes. The New York vegan scene is awesome. Yeah. yeah. Are you, is that your home base now in New York? Are you still there? No, I'm kind of full time traveling right now, but I am kind of feel like I need a home base. So, but I don't know what that'll be. New York is just so expensive. Yes, that part. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate megastores led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill that part this is it's interesting what you say as far as giving yourself that time to mentally prepare for that because yeah. a lot of times people like will read a book or you know a documentary like you mentioned with the health and then they just like overnight sometimes and that's it yeah. and then they want and then they kind of go back to the old way of eating 30 40 days later and they're not yeah. really sure why so what did that mind what work did you have to do in order to make the transition from vegan, um, excuse me, from vegetarian to vegan? Yeah, I'm a huge, huge, huge believer in taking your time with it. Although, you know, I don't think eating animals or supporting eating or just eating animals or supporting that industry is right. At the same time, going vegan has to be sustainable for you. I don't believe it's sustainable if it's not going to be sustainable for you. And So it's an entirely new way of eating for some people, especially from what you're raised. And I think that can even sometimes if it's too stark of a difference, even if it's healthier can be, even if you're eating really healthy, can be hard on your body and take the time to adjust, especially if at the same time you are feeling really ethically and morally you know, against this and feel really strong about this. And then on top of that, have that pressure on yourself that if you were to eat something that's not vegan, that you feel like a terrible person, that is going to be so stressful. Mm -hmm. So I really believe in kind of taking all the pressure off yourself. Like if it's been, you know, 30 years of you eating this, another three weeks to make it more sustainable is not going to I don't know. That's just my belief system. I know other people feel differently, but I just think in order to be sustainable, you have to make it sustainable for you. And I think the people that I see that are the most successful with it are the ones who took their time doing it. Whereas I see a lot of people who did, I see, and I see a lot of people went vegan essentially overnight and they're doing great and they're thriving. But I feel like the people that end up, 
deciding not to be vegan anymore or don't feel good on it are the ones that put a ton of stress on themselves and tried to do it overnight when it's like a new way of, it's like moving, you know, when you're moving, you need time to adjust. Like you're adjusting to a whole new cuisine. Like even if I go to a new country and everything's fine, it's still, I still need like Pepto-Bismol, you know what I mean? Even if it's totally (laughs) healthy or whatever. So I'm a huge believer in really taking your time and finding dishes that work for you. Because again, the other thing is, or else you're just going to try to eliminate stuff. And that is going to be a problem. You're going to say like, oh, I always eat bacon, egg and cheese on a bagel. And then you're going to be left with a bagel. And that's not fun for anyone. And if you always feel like you're getting the second best option, you always feel like this is some sort of sacrifice, or you're just getting less than that's never going to work in the long run. Yes, this is such an important message because, yeah, there is so unnecessary pressure that people put on themselves when they decide to make the decision to do it. And I think a lot of it is social media, unfortunately. Like, yeah, I see people, they'll post something as as they're learning and growing and people are like, oh, that's not vegan or you didn't do this right. And it's just all you already have this this um, internal pressure and then you have the external pressure from social media. So, yeah, I absolutely agree. And the vast majority of people who try this or decide to make this their life, it has to be a slow process because you are literally changing everything about how you live. Yeah. And you're learning so many new things. Even I still learn things of like, oh my God, I didn't know this was vegan or, you know, I had no idea how this was made. And I had a friend, she was like, I'm kind of interested in going vegan, but I constantly feel stupid because I don't know what's vegan and what's not and all these things that have so many different ingredients in them. Like, you know, I, I've been vegan for six years and I just now maybe feel like actually vegan because I'm like, okay, now I know how to read the labels, but you don't just wake up one day and learn how to make almond cheese or whatever. You go to the grocery store, you try a cheese that looks good. It sucks. You know, you go back, you try again, you try to veganize a recipe. It looks like a huge ball of mush. Like you go back, you know, you try again. It's completely new. Yes. And giving yourself the grace when you start and realize that it's going to be like that, you know, because a lot of times people are probably surprised that it's such a big difference in how they, you know, like you said, a bowl of mush or, making mistakes. Well, I don't even want to call it making mistakes, but learning about the ingredients. So yeah, you're absolutely right. I love this so much. Yeah. And I feel like that's how it also can end up feeling like to a lot of people, either a sacrifice. And I think that's another reason that people can maybe end up not sticking with it is because there is this narrative that this is like, a sacrifice. Like this is, Mm -hmm. you know, you're getting a less good option. You're not eating this great stuff when it doesn't need to be like that at all. And I still get people, you know, in my comments when I'm traveling, oh, well, you're not really trying Portugal's food. And I'm like, they grow vegetables here. You know that, you know, (laughs) right. (laughs) I can get that anywhere. Right. (laughs) Yeah. Did you also like, I was just like, also, like some of the fish caught here is from like Africa or something. Like at least these sweet potatoes are local. Like, Mm, Yeah, yeah, a lot of importing. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Look, but I want to know, did you travel a lot growing up? Because it's kind of, I get the impression that you did. Yeah. Yeah. My parents are huge travelers. They will like, they'll just make it work. They will like pinch pennies with everything else, spend like $12 a week at the grocery store, but they will not give up like three months a year of traveling. They'll just make it work. 
my dad recently did an exchange with a he's a professor so he did an exchange with like a Chinese school to switch they would do like home exchanges and let somebody stay in our house and we would randomly stay in their house in Argentina for two months that they just like it they love it they always want to travel. Uh, we also had the advantage of my mom has nine siblings. So they, we always had a place to stay in Europe somewhere. You know, my mom's sister, I think moved to Paris for a little bit and Germans are nice. They'll let you like sleep on their floor. And they were so like, they just made it work. Like my parents and I, when I was younger, we would stay in like a hostel in Argentina on like the border so we could see Iguazu Falls they just love it and they will just always make it work no matter what. Mm. So it sounds like it would it's just natural for you to, as you explore your vegan life, to want to do these trips with other people. How did yeah. you get into that? Yeah, for sure. I ended up doing a trip to Guatemala. It was actually a language immersion trip. I wanted to learn Spanish and Guatemala seemed like a cool place, but I had never been there. And at the time, in the beginning of my social media journey, I was posting about New York City restaurants. And then from there, when I went on this Guatemala trip, I was posting a lot about that and a lot about how there were so many naturally vegan options all around the country and how easy it was to be vegan there. And I had some people commenting, like, you should do a group trip there. And I had never been on a group trip. And I was like, oh, that would be really cool. Like, I wish there was, I remember when I was younger, I saw one that was like a vegan group trip, but it was like $9,000 or something. I was like, okay, guess not. But I thought, okay, maybe I could do this and make it, you know, semi-affordable and make it so that vegans can kind of travel and not worry about anything. Because I've also been there. I've traveled with non-vegans who they just, if there's five non-vegans and then you, they're just going to go to the restaurant they want to go to. They're going to do the things that they want to do. You get stuck. And I'm like, how cool would it be if we could all travel together and it could be easy and we could especially Guatemala is so there's so much locally owned everything. And then that kind of set the foundation for my future group trips where I was like, I really only want to work with locally owned hotels, restaurants, businesses, where it's also not just, oh, we're bringing a bunch of American food and this isn't really actually a cultural experience. We're just here visiting and that's cool, but we're like using American food to survive or whatever. No, everything is super, super you know, culturally authentic. And I just thought, okay, let's see if we can do this. And I was able to spend a couple months setting it up and then I launched it. And then from there it sold out. So I decided to put on a second one and then that sold out too. And oh, nice. yeah. And they just ended up going so well that I was like, okay, this is, <laughs> this is what I do now. This is the thing to do. Yeah. So how do you, how, what is that? So accommodations, everything is included in this trip. Um, yeah, yeah. What does that look like? Yeah, for sure. So all accommodations are included. Most food, it's just sometimes if you have like the night off after we hike a volcano or something, then if we're not together, food's not included during that time. But most of the food is included. All breakfasts are always included. Most lunches and then some dinners, depending if we're together or not. 
all transportation in the country is included, and then all the activities. And it's like a lot of activities. We do sometimes multiple activities per day, and then all of that is included in the trip. It's also, it's not hostile. Like it's not super, super budget. The hotels are quite nice. Yeah, it's based on double occupancy, but if people want to upgrade to a single room, they can if they feel more comfortable. I kind of like the double occupancy because people get to be really close friends. And yeah, it's worth save people. some money. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, and and people really get to become close friends. A lot of the people had never really been on a I guess I've never really been on a vegan vacation before. A lot of people didn't really have a ton of vegan friends. So a lot of people made really, really close friends on the trip, which was so cool to see. A couple even started dating and they're still together now, which is so cool. Yeah. Mm. They're like kind of serious. I love it. So what are some of the legwork that you have to do in order to get the trips going? Like, what does that process look like for you? Because I... I feel like it's a lot of work. (laughs) You have to tell us, is is it a lot of work to do that? Yeah. It's a lot of work to do it the way I do it. If you kind of are not, because some trips, it's really more important about being able to travel and having kind of a framework. And so that's a bit easy, but that's really not what this is. So a lot of trips are a bit, you know, you kind of have the place to stay. And then there's maybe one activity a day or one activity every other day or something. Uh, And then there's a lot of people, but I really, really care about every single detail of the trip. So yeah, I, my scouting process typically takes two months, sometimes a little bit more. We're doing a trip to Mexico city and that scouting process was a lot longer because there's so much cool stuff to do in Mexico City. And I was seeing if I wanted to either make this just a Mexico City trip or include some second city travel in there, depending. I changed my mind a couple of times and I'm really particular kind of about how every single aspect of the trip runs. And I really, really want it to feel like a solid combination of you checked off the tourist boxes that you wanted to check off And you got a really unique experience that you couldn't have gotten anywhere else or if you did this on your own. I'm really particular about the restaurants, too, that it's going to be kind of really a local vibe and not, you know, they're not going to serve us like a cheeseless pizza or like a Portobello burger or something like that. So Yeah, you want the full experience. like Just like you were saying how a lot of times people feel like they get the second best option and that's yeah. why they're not interested in making this a lifestyle. So what advice do you have about it? Because when I think of international travel and just travel in general, the, the part that turns people off is because they're not going to be able to indulge in all of the local foods, you know, yeah. all of the things that are known for that particular culture or culture. So what are your thoughts on that as far as po- po- providing insight on what people can do to not only enjoy their vacation or any of time that they have away from home, but also to make it vegan and delicious and filling, you know, because like yeah. you said, you don't want to just have like a cheeseless no, pizza no, because no. you have no choice, you know? Yeah, for sure. So I think it really helps to either travel with other vegans or travel at least with people who are down for it, because I think it's really hard to kind of convince a group of five non-vegans in Paris to go to the restaurant that you want to go to, even if they have amazing croissants or whatever it is. But 
Aside from that, there are a lot of places that are naturally vegan friendly. So I do recommend kind of the low hanging fruit. Portugal right now is super vegan friendly. Mexico City is really, really vegan friendly. Berlin is really vegan friendly. I think overall cities are your friend for sure. And to kind of do, I also find that like vegan things kind of mush together. So in Paris, like in the first arrondissement, there's a lot more vegan options. So to kind of look on, I mean, Happy Cow is your best friend as well. They like an app that has vegan or vegan friendly restaurants all over the world to kind of look in advance, look on TikTok. I always search on TikTok to find places to go and see, and then to also kind of see like what grows there. Even here in Portugal, they love sweet potatoes. Sweet potatoes grow here. They have a lot of rice fields. Um, they have a lot of farm to table stuff. So just to kind of see like what the naturally vegan friendly options are and don't listen to any non-vegans because they will just tell you lies. Like I've had so many non-vegans meaning well being like, oh, Mexico City is not going to be vegan friendly at all because they kind of have their their mind of like, oh, like al pastor tacos or, you know, chicken quesadillas, which like quesadillas aren't even, quesadillas look totally different in Mexico than they do in the US anyway. But, you know, but even in Mexico, like, you know, cows and pigs aren't even native to that country. So there are so many really, really, arguably, maybe even more traditional dishes that are going to be meat free. And, and lastly, just to not, I know it's really hard, but if for whatever reason, there is a mistake, just to know that it's not your fault. And these things happen when people are trying to communicate in not their native language and that to not be too hard on yourself because it's happened to everyone and it's definitely happened to me where like, it's just an accident, you know? Yeah. I was thinking when you said that Google Translate is awesome for that too. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Google Translate is your best friend. Yeah. (laughs) What are some of your favorite, vegan or not, vegan options or not, what are some of your favorite countries as someone who is out in these streets enjoying life <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> all over the world. Yeah. I mean, I think Mexico City is like a vegan food paradise. It's so vegan friendly because they both have a lot of naturally vegan options. And there's a huge animal activism community there. So everything that's even not vegan, you're still going to get a vegan version of I think Mexico City is really cool. Berlin is really cool. Berlin like is vegan and no one can convince me otherwise. They have like a whole vegan street in Berlin. Oat milk is the default everywhere in Berlin. Oh, wow. Uh, Yeah, it's really cool. They will like shame you if you're like order regular milk. They're like, are you a cow? Like, what do you mean? (laughs) Like, no, we're going to give you oat milk. (laughs) Yeah, Berlin is super vegan friendly. London is really cool too because... London's super vegan friendly. So there are a good amount of vegan restaurants as well. But London's one of those places where pretty much every single place has a vegan option. You can walk into a steakhouse, they'll have a vegan steak. Like you oh, can wow. walk to a bar at 3 a.m. that has a sign that says bottomless wings and they'll ask you vegan or regular. Wow. So yeah, that's another big we one. And then catch up in the States because yeah, no, I, know. I don't feel like we're nowhere near, we're nowhere near that. <laughs> no, everyone always tells me like, oh, it must be so hard to be vegan while traveling. And I'm like, I really just realized how behind the US is. Or they're like, oh, it must be just for the tourists. I'm like, we're eating less vegan food 
than they are, you know? Oh, you know what? Another thing that I wanted to know, okay, because I know this is geared to vegans. Do you have a lot of non-vegans on this trip or do you prefer to have? Yeah. How does that look? Yeah, that's a great question. Somehow, I actually ended up with mostly non-vegans on the last trip. Yeah. That's awesome. It's really cool. There's a a lot of I think a lot of different factors that play into it. A couple of people were just kind of like, oh, this seems like a cool trip. It was also a lot more guys than I expected, which was really cool. I thought it was going to be <laughs> like all women, all vegan. And that was just not what happened. Mm-hmm. Some people were like, oh, this just seems like a cool, really unique trip. And it seemed like kind of better than anything else I was looking at. So that's why I booked it. But a lot of people were either like, oh, my ex-girlfriend of three years ago was vegan and I ate vegan food with her and it was good. So I thought this might be kind of cool. Nice. And a lot of people were also a bit more just health conscious. They were like, oh, I just don't like going on vacation and just eating all this crap and coming back feeling terrible. So this really appealed to me in the sense of really not having that and just being able to be a bit more conscious while traveling. And I thought that was really cool. That is. Wow. I didn't expect you to say that. I love this. I love it. And it was so, it was, I was just, I could not have seen the demographic. Like it was also people from all over. We had a guy from Mexico, a guy from Korea, like just really everywhere, all over the place, vegan, not vegan, just it was so cool I like could not have asked for a better group and just like the best energy I was really happy with I I felt like I was so nervous because this was my first trip and I immediately was like so relieved I was like oh my god everybody's so cool everybody's so nice everybody's so friendly everyone was like best friends immediately like I kind of thought I was gonna have to do so much work to break the ice and then they were all already like hanging out without me I was like where is everybody (laughs) right right (laughs) is there anything that you're looking forward to as far as not even just work or your business or anything just in general like is there anything that you're looking forward to um I know I'll put you on the spot with that one. Yeah, no, that's a really good question. Um, Just kind of blanket first thing that comes to mind. I know it's so cheesy, but I'm really excited for the next time I see my parents. We were like... Oh, that's great. When is that going to happen? Once I finish this scouting trip, so maybe around end of August, early September, we were just like hanging out a lot before I left for the scouting trip and it was kind of a vibe and now I kind of just miss them. I love this. That's that's so important. That's so important. I'm glad yeah. to hear that. Yeah. Are you going? Are they? In, are they? You said they're in Germany right now, or where they're, are they? They're in New Jersey right now. Oh, yeah. New Jersey. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah so yeah. gonna go hang out with them for a few weeks. You think? Yeah, yeah. I think maybe even. So I'm gonna scout. I'm in Portugal right now, and then I'm gonna look at Italy and Greece, also for potential group trips. And then I'm gonna go home with them, maybe. September. I actually might stay for a couple months, like September, say, October. That, yeah. Wherever they are should be your home base. I That's know. That's what it sounds like. Yeah. <laughs> I know. Yeah. yeah. Love that. I love that so much. Tell us how we can follow you on social media and how we can be a part of your trips. Yes. Yeah. So I'm Anna thing, but animals on social media, like any, 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 sorry. <laughs> 
like anything but animals, but with Anna, that's my name, um, on Instagram and TikTok. And then to come on one of the trips, I have two open right now at the time of recording a Guatemala trip in January and a Mexico City trip in February. Guatemala is seven days. It's like more adventure vibes, like volcano hikes, boat tour of the lake, visiting a coffee farm. And we even get to have lunch at the farmer's house with like with his family, which is really cool. Oh, wow. And then uh, in February, we have our first ever Mexico City trip that's very like foodie focused. We're doing like a whole gastronomy experience. We're taking a hot air balloon over the pyramids at sunrise. We're doing like a walking vegan taco tour of the city. So both of those to book are at the link in my bio. And both of those are on both Instagram and TikTok. And then if you can't make either of those, but you want to be on the wait list or first be notified for the future trips, just get on my email list. That's also at the link in my bio. Yes. Well, it was such a pleasure connecting with you. And you actually have me over here thinking, I need to go on one of your trips. Yeah, come. (laughs) So thank you so, so much for being on the show. And I I know that you inspire other people to not only be vegan, but go on some vegan travel too. So that's Oh good. my God. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for everything that you do and spreading the word of veganism. 